Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with important issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight we have a very special guest. We're having Rabbi David Goldstein, who's going to discuss with us the topic of the day, which is uh, insects in different fruits and vegetables, things that are very appropriate for this time of year. But before we get to our guest, I just want to let everybody know who's listening that we're making a very special offer tonight. Our Cautious Magazine, the Kosher Travel Guide to 283, I believe it was, cities across the United States in the few in Canada, uh, is, uh, going, is in print now. It will be out and will be mailed within a few days. So if you're a current subscriber, don't do anything. You're going to be receiving it in no more than about a week, a week and a half. However, if you're not getting the Cautious Magazine, this is a great time and I'm going to make it even better. I'm going to give the offer we did last year, which was a big success, and that was that you can have the kosher super, the, sorry, the kosher travel guide, which costs this year eight ninety five, I believe. I'm not sure; I haven't got it in front of me, but I believe it's eight ninety five. You can have it absolutely free, it could be uh, as, as part of our subscription, meaning that you will have a one year subscription at twenty five dollars. And you're going to receive this kosher travel guide in addition to that. So it's like uh, $16 for the whole subscription. And uh, what, and in case you are not interested in it, you take the magazine, you get the, this magazine, look through the travel guide, and if for any reason you're not satisfied, you can cancel and receive a full refund for your $25, so it will cost you nothing. In other words, I want everybody listening right now to be able to have our kosher travel guide to the 283 cities. That's a 136-page book, absolutely free if you subscribe. And if you're disinterested, you can just cancel your subscription, no charge at all for the book that we mailed to you. So call as soon as you can, 718-336-336. 8544, and let us know you're interested in getting a subscription to Kasha's Magazine and receiving a free copy of the Kosher Travel Guide issue. That's 718-336-8544. And even better, if you want to email us at 71, I'm sorry, at Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. So that's Kashrus at AOL.com for an email or call us 718 718- 336-8544 to subscribe to Cautious Magazine and refi- receive your free uh, travel guide issue. That means everyone gets a full year plus the travel guide, which is really a great deal. Uh, we're now we're, going to be, we're welcoming our guest this evening, who is Rabbi Dubber Goldstein. You there, Rabbi Goldstein? Yes, I'm here. Okay, Rabbi Goldstein, for those who don't know, who have not listened to our show, and uh, I think almost almost all the people who are listening now have been listeners for years already. This is our the, our third year. Uh, Rabbi Goldstein uh, is full time involved in Bedigas Toloyim in investigating those things which need uh, to be checked for insects and how to check them for insects. And Rabbi Goldstein works for Positive, the, food, the, the produce company, but also he trains individual people and he trains mashkichim for kashrus agencies. We've been involved with Rabbi Goldstein for years setting up training programs, and uh, if anybody is interested in training with Rabbi Goldstein, just call us at 718-336-8544, and we'll be able to set up a program for you alone. Especially for you, if it's a group, even better. And um, if if you're a, if you want to get into the field of uh, kashrus, this is a good way to get in. Rabbi Goldstein always has connections. And if you if it's just for yourself personally to know about kashrus, it's certainly a good idea. One of the people that I sent to Rabbi Goldstein, he told me last time I spoke, uh, has been going to quite a bit. He said you said you he's become one of somewhat of an expert. This fellow that I sent to you for for learning how to. Check for insects. Is that right, Rabbi Goldstein? Yes, yes. Okay, I see you don't want to go into that area. It's okay, no problem. We, we, our topic tonight uh, is a general thing. We want to discuss all these different um, in foods, fruits, and vegetables that need uh, to be checked for insects. And what especially motivated me to do it today 
was that I was sitting, Rabbi Goldstein, I was sitting at the Ne'ilas uh, Hachag in a very chosh of a shul, and the person sitting next to me uh, said, can I talk to you about Kashrus or are you on vacation? So I said, no, you can talk. So uh, he asked certain questions, and the first thing he asked me is about a certain uh, kind of uh, food that uh, you know, some people don't eat because of uh, insects, and uh, there it was on the table. And I said to him, no, I don't eat that. And, of course, he took some and put it on his plate. And then he started talking to me and said, you know, all this talking about the insects, even though people are very religious and very careful in all areas, but they're finding it so difficult that there's a backlash, that people have sort of given up and say, we're going to go back to the old ways and forget about all this checking for insects. What happens, I think, is I try to explain to him is that they don't realize how serious the matter is, and they don't realize that the cashless agencies themselves have signed on to these issues. And I pointed out to him that some of the national cashless agencies are mentioning the very same issues that Rabbi Goldstein is raising, and they're in agreement with it a 100%. And, that, and that's something that I think a lot of people who are in the field uh, know, understand, but those people who are in the, sitting in the house or other consumers don't realize that even though Rabbi Goldstein is talking about it, Rabbi Wickler is talking about it, Rabbi Vaya writes about it in his book, but still they don't think that the cautious agencies are taking these seriously. And many of the agencies are taking these matters very seriously. The one recently with the, uh, that he raised with the garlic and also the one that he raised about the pineapple, I think, uh, became a big, a big hit. I see that the calls are starting to come in, and I'm not ready to let you go. <laughs> My goals, and you can't talk to anybody. You have to talk to us. Maybe you'll give us a little bit of rundown on some of the things that you've been working on, and give us a give us a response on on some of the the, the common uh, questions, which are blueberries and corn, the cob, and then the, the pineapple, the garlic, uh, the 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 raisins, the craisins, celery. Uh, dates, grapes, that's sort of, uh, parsley, those are some of the, the, the hot issues today. You mention them and I'll, I'll fill them when you leave out. Go ahead, sir. First of all, I want to say, Chris, uh, uh, thank you very much for being with to bring me on again on the show. Like always, it's always a pleasure and honor to have you, uh, 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 you host me on the show like this because able to give over for Claudius through things what can help them in the Bidikis Taloim in insects. Um, I would like to start, first of all, Baruch Hashem, these plenty fruits and vegetables that we can eat, but they manage 100% insect-free. And I will give you a rundown. Like, watermelon has no problem with bugs at all. Cantaloupe, honeydew, bananas, cherries, peaches, apples, pears, Always you have to rinse it before you use it because it could be on top of it. It's in the fruit and vegetable line. In it, there's no problem. You could eat these fruits and vegetables. Craisins is also not a problem. Cranberries is also not a problem. There's plenty fruits and vegetables that what Claudio could eat without any problem at all. I think that's something then, that the people should take very seriously because a lot of the people don't realize that years ago, there were more, I mean, though by many years ago, there were many more fruits and vegetables that nobody could eat because of this infestation. So whatever we ha- issues we're having today, and, and, and not only that they can eat it, but that we have these fruits and vegetables all year round. Whereas when I was a kid growing up, we used to say shachianos every time on a, on a, on a, uh, on, a, on something like a, a melon or, you know, the watermelon or regular melons because that we didn't see them except in the summer. And today we have everything all year. I, I think we get a little spoiled and we, when we, when we lose something, we sort of feel, well, we, uh, you know, we have nothing to eat. That's ridiculous, right? And bananas are also good. Bruce Hashem, the British Lemon gave plenty clean fruits and vegetables that Claudius Roki eat. Then comes the second Madrega where it starts to get complicated. A single head of garlic, plain, fresh, single U.S. garlic, China garlic, or chili garlic, you have between 20 and 40 insects in each garlic. It's marmish. The numbers are so high in these garlic, it's mind-boggling. Well, many of the people tell me, and I, I, I know because I saw it myself one of the times I saw, we saw these uh, insects, but uh, most, of the, most of the people will say, I've never seen it. You're telling me there's insects there, I've never seen them. What, we answer, what should we answer them? So, 
I was planning to get to that. Um, it's, it's very easy to see the insects in the garlic. You just have to turn over the garlic the opposite way, put a white printer paper on top on, on the table, and you agitate the garlic, the leaves, the, the peel of the garlic. You agitate it, and you're going to start to see how the insects start to fall out. It's not hard to see it at all. It's very easy, actually, to see it. Some are mites, a little harder, some are thrips, all kinds of different insects you can have in fresh garlic. But the good part of the garlic is, it's very simple. Just do not peel it near food, because if you're going to peel it near food, it's gonna, your food is going to get insects in it. In prostatus, every insect is five larval, six larval. It's a very hard way. It comes to sheet that people are very marked in to glot kosher, not kosher, glot kosher, and it comes to telium, you have to be five or six, seven times more careful than all other things. Now, what we're supposed to do with the garlic is just peel the garlic on top of a plate or on top of a garbage can. Once you finish peeling the garlic, you can rinse it in water, and okay, you're good to use it. There shouldn't be any problems at all. For a lot of people, they bake garlic, whole garlic together with the chicken. That's not a good idea. Um, the Bahrain community, they have a certain food where they put it into it, and then they squeeze it. It's not a good idea because these garlics are very, very highly infested. But it's very simple for every Jewish mother in the kitchen. Just peel it on the side and rinse it, and then you can use it without problem at all. So, so we remove the uh, the peel on the outside, the the the, the, the uh, soft one, the brickly, you know, the the one that's crackly, and then also we take off each clove, the outside peel, correct? Right. And then just wash it. The tolloium is not inside the garlic. Right. It's only in the peel of the garlic, in between in the layers. And the peel is the problem, not the garlic but etzim. The garlic but etzim is good because it's a, it's a full, strong garlic. It's okay. It's a problem with the garlic. That's why we have to peel it on the side. And that's a very, very important issue because I feel every Jewish house has garlic, fresh garlic in the, in the, in the kitchen. That's why you should be very careful with that. That's one issue. We very easy to take care of it, I think so. The second issue is pineapple. Pineapple became a very famous um, item that people use for sweet tables. And they use it for design. All kinds of stuff, pineapple. Pineapple, the leaves on top have worms and mice and different kinds of insects in it. And the only way you can use the leaves on top of the pineapple for design is to take out each and every single leaf on top of the pineapple, brush it from both sides. After brushing it on both sides, then you can use the pineapple for design. Now, after brushing it, rinse it before using it. Now, um, the pineapple itself... Outside of the pineapple, that means the skin of the pineapple, you have average between 15 and 20 insects. But that's normal, usually a pineapple grows outside. That usually happens. When you peel the pineapple, you take off the peel of the pineapple, what we see is these brown spot holes in the pineapple. Not outside the pineapple, it's actually in the pineapple. Because the flower closes together with the mites in it and they stay there as it grows. And these brown spots, this is what's causing the big problem in pineapple, because what we did is we let soak. After we peeled a full pineapple, we let it soak, and we checked it, and we found between 60 and 70 mites in a pineapple. That's a very high number. So the solution is also very simple. You just have to take a sharp knife and cut the pineapple down until you don't see any brown spots. Once you don't see any brown spots, you should rinse the pineapple, rinse the knife, and rinse the counter that you use. Then it's no problem at all. You can use the pineapple. It shouldn't be any issues without. Let me ask you this, uh, uh, Rabbi. The, another company, one of the Hamisher companies, just started advertising their pineapple juice. And then uh, there's a pineapple juice in general. Would you would you have a concern at all? Is there anything? Have you ever looked into the question of juices of a, something like this, where there are so many mites? Uh, would they have survived in in, in making a, a juice? Very 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 good question. And and let me tell you, Baruch Hashem, 
in the last few years, what you helped me out, and a lot of people helped me out, a lot of Rabbanon helped me out, and a lot of organizations helped me out to bring up the issue of Talayim for Claudius Rowe, is one of the things that we're having right now is I work side by side in a lot of companies by now, and even so far, he's a very generous person, has offered, a very generous offer. Every single cautious organization that does not have funds to get the Meshkishim trained, he sponsors them. There's no charge for any cautious organization right now that how many Meshkishim they want, they could come to me and I would train every single Meshkish for no charge at all. I think I think that we should we should go a little slower on that. That's that offer is is really extraordinary. There are uh, over twelve hundred cautious organizations. <laughs> I don't think that necessarily. Uh, you know, we're talking. I talk about Peru now, but even here locally in the states, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. And what you're saying is that somebody, an individual person, is underwriting that anybody who wants to have their mashkichim trained to be able to check properly for toiloyim can do it by arranging with you. They can arrange with you directly. Uh, the easiest way is to contact me, I suppose, and I'll get them over to you. But the, but the uh, I think that this uh, is an extraordinary offer, and I don't think right. that our listeners right. understand right. totally. One, one of the reasons why this person has actually sponsored this He's anonymous. He doesn't tell anybody who he is, and he does it with Shemitzah. And it's very, you know, appreciated when somebody does something like that. And the reason why he came up is because the salary issue had became a very big issue, the salary. is something, let me explain for, you, for the listeners, something that's called a leave minor. A leave minor means, and fly, what goes on to the salary, it goes on to spinach, it goes on to scallions, it goes on to parsley, dill, cilantro, all kinds of leafy, leafy leaves. Takes a his um, out, of, out of his mouth and he puts in uh, pokes in a hundred and fifty eggs into the leaves. Fifty eggs from hundred and fifty eggs, we get one or two or three um, leaf miners. What they it's called a leaf miner? They make a mine in a leaf. That means like you dig for gold, you make a mine in soil. They make a mine a mine in the leaf. So, necrol inside there. And we had this winter, Baruch Hashem, pretty easy winter with leaf miners on celery. The last few weeks, celery has become so infested. Mishkishim, what they had got training by me, had reported to me, they're finding 80 to 90 celeries per case infested with leaf miners. How many would you say are in the case? Count them. Oh, it could be like uh, maybe 200, 80 pieces in a case, 80, 80 90 pieces in a case. That's a very high number. And it's throwing and them out? Are they throwing them out or are they cutting them and using them? Of course. No, no, no. You can't cut it. It's inside. You can't wash it. You can't rinse it because it's in the celery. And there's no other choice. You have to throw them away. Hmm. And, and it costs a lot of time for the mishkishu, because a lot of time for the stores. And this particular person had no knowledge about celery. Hmm. When he found it out, he asked his local Hashgach about it. And he, they also didn't have too much knowledge. They heard about it, they didn't have too much knowledge about it. So he decided to sponsor Mishihim to get this training. And Baruch Hashem, today we can say with a full confidence, we have stores in Flabbish, Barapak, Five Towns, Monfi, all these places of a very good Mishihim. They check every single celery store. From both I sides. just want to let our listeners know that Rabbi Goldstein has also trained the, some of the people who are mashkichim, in who work for the uh, the, the national kashrus organizations, he's been invited by them to teach there as well. So this is not something that's uh, a few uh, mashkichim in some Brooklyn. We're talking about uh, many people uh, recognize the methods that he's worked with and developed and his training techniques, and they are taking it very seriously and they are employing them. So that's I think you have to understand. I want our listeners to understand uh, how how much you are on the cutting edge, literally, <laughs> of the field. First, I had to do this, and we really had 
successful, made a real turnaround in the oil and acacias when it comes to Badikas Talayim. But there's still room to there's move. There's still room. I, 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 I constantly hearing about uh, still how, how some of the uh, mashkichim are not really uh, pulling their own in this regard. You, you didn't really answer me. I just, I, I just want to know about that, that um, uh, pineapple uh, juice. I want to know if there is a concern at all. If, you, if something you've looked into yet or, or, or you are in the middle of looking into or whatever, can you just give us a rundown on that? Is a pineapple juice an issue that you're afraid that maybe some of these mites get into the juice or that's unrealistic? On the pineapple juice, I actually never checked it. So it's uh, hard to comment on it. I have full confidence in the Hashgachas. It's probably doing the right job. And as you bring it up to my attention, I will take a note and take it to my lab and start to look into it before, you know, we give any conclusions on the air. Okay, no, but I'm, that, that's I, good. I, so I'll I, 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 one I, new thing to you. <laughs> I myself have never at yet checked. And there's another, another very big issue that we have to discuss while we're on the air is uh, about fresh strawberries. Fresh strawberries is a major problem with trips. Mites, trips usually hide under the seed of the strawberries. Rabbi Busu had created a website it's called tutin.net, and he has a beautiful video over there. What's it? Uh, what is that again? How do you spell it? Tutin. Tutin is it's in, it's in, in Hebrew, you say strawberries tutin. So um, he made a tutin.net. It's spelled T U T E M or I M? How do you spell it? Actually, not sure. It's either E-I-E-M or I-M. And it's T-U-T-E-M or I-M dot net. Right. Okay. And he, he made a beautiful video for people where they're trying to understand exactly where is the issue with strawberries because they themselves never see insects and strawberries, never see thrips or mites, any kind of insects and strawberries. That video will help them a lot. Now, I do give a solution for strawberries, publicly, you know, but you know that by now. My solution is to buy the nice big strawberries, especially in the summertime, when it's cheap. Wash it very well from both sides, then cut the top off, make sure you don't make a hole in the middle, and then take a regular peeler and peel it around totally, and then rinse it, and then you're good to go. You can use these strawberries. These peeled strawberries are the most kosher strawberries, and you can use them for grinding for for, uh, for the compote, for the dessert that you make, and you can put it in the freezer for a whole year round because in the summer, strawberries are very cheap, and it's not hard at all. Some people, when they hear this idea about peeling strawberries, they get a little frightened. They think, well, peeling strawberries? But actually, when you do it, you, don't, you see it's not, it's not so complicated. Now, we did it last year for the first time, uh, uh, but you really do need to get the largest you can find, because otherwise there's nothing yes. worth uh, cutting yes. away there. Yes. And also, if they're soft, it's really not going to work well. They have to be firm in order to be able to yeah. do this properly. But yeah, it works, and it, it does. T- people, some people tell me, "Oh, there, there's no taste in it." Absolutely, tastes a hundred percent. It's perfect. I, I enjoyed it very much, and I, I'm looking forward to giving it again. But I didn't uh, preserve any during the year. But it's it's definitely uh, something that is doable. Uh, and let me ask you this: uh, I, don't, I just want to mention before. You- Sorry, calling you over. They actually, we we, we had a in the goyim and we're working in our lab. There like six going working in our lab. We made a contest. We gave them peeled strawberries and non-peeled strawberries, and we tried to figure out if they taste different. They didn't know they're eating peeled and non-peeled, and they actually had the same taste. Nobody said that the guy who had the non-peeled didn't say it tasted uh, different than the peeled strawberries. I'm sorry, what do you want to no, say? No, I, I just wanted to say that to listeners, uh, we have, um, it's, I, I do have videos, but I can't send the video. It's just too huge. And it's going to become a big patchka uh, to get it to anybody. But anybody would like to get, um, we do have some stills of the celery, and you'll be able to see the um, the leaf miner. So you can you could email me at kashrus, uh, that's k a s h r u s at aol dot com, and just write the word celery, and we will send you these. Um, uh, pictures of the uh, actual tunnels that the leaf miners make. I do have a video, but again, the video is a little bit of a potchka to get over to you, so uh, we're going to pass on that. Uh, right. now, and, and, and also, also, every person, every person has an opportunity. 
every person has an opportunity when they go into their local stores where they have mishkich and checking for celery, is to ask the mishkich. You check the celery. Did you find any leave minus? Put it please on the side for me because I will come back tomorrow and I want to see it myself. And usually good mishkichim, trained mishkichim, especially in the big, in the big, big end of, of supermarkets where they have the mishkichim doing badikas alarm, they will put it away and they will show it to you. And it's very interesting. People should have more knowledge. People should see a little bit more about insects. And it's a very not important issue. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. very not important issue comes in the summer about barbecues. People like to barbecue meat in the summer. You have to be very careful, chicken, fish, or any meat you're going to barbecue in the summer, you should be careful because these flies, they come on top of the meat, and they release themselves with 150 eggs. It looks like rice, pretty big, and they fly away. It's very gross, and people should be careful when they, when they make barbecues outside. Make barbecues outside, they should be careful, make sure there's no flies around. If there is, they should look, make sure that they didn't release any of the, the eggs in it. Mm-hmm. A good idea. Uh, and anybody also who's interested in this topic... We'll find Rabbi Vaya's book uh, a tremendous boon. Rabbi Moshe Vaya has a, 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 he has three volumes in Hebrew, but he has a volume now in English, which is, incorporates everything, and it is written for different parts of the world. And you can it, it designates those that issues that are important for us in the United States, and differentiates that from what's going on in Israel and the parts of the world. So it's a very helpful and easy book to use in English. We happen to be selling them. If anybody's interested, you can also contact me about that, or you can find it in a bookstore. It's called Bedikas Hamazon, and uh, that's uh, some something that really belongs in every Jewish house, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and and it it's uh, it's something that's not radical. It's quite clear and helpful. And I, I'm sometimes amazed. I get the calls, so I look up something for somebody, and I'm amazed how many times it's not an issue. And he says. In America, it's not an issue at all. Let's go on to some of the other topics that we had. Um, You you know, I I got calls, and I don't want to go into it in in an elaborate way, but I did get a lot of calls recently because some people have been writing about it on the Internet, and I suppose they are aware that there is some kind of a situation uh, with orange juice. Uh, What is the status with orange juice at the present time? Um... It's a good question, Rabbi Wickler, what you're asking. And for right now, for the moment, we are very, very heavily researching already for the last six months about the orange juice, and we still we still need to research it more before we come out with conclusions. And hopefully, we're going to come up with a clear-cut um, solution or clear-cut, this is not only a thing what has to do with me, it has to do also with Rabbonim, with my role as I'm trying to understand, and also with companies, how to work it out and everything. So right now, it's status quo on orange juice. Okay, so I want to explain it, and I'm not asking Rabbi Goldstein to comment, because obviously in the middle of this investigation, he's not going to comment. But I want to just uh, let my listeners understand a little bit better. First of all... The very fact that we're talking about it means there is an issue that uh, may be significant. And the issue that we're talking about is the fact that there are uh, insects called scales that are on the outside of um, the peel of the orange. And just as it's uh, not safe to make something called zest, where you just grind off the the peel and you make something out of it there because you have these scales in it, the same thing happens when they make the orange juice they take the whole orange and they smash it, and there's parts of these scales. There are actually scales that might be in the orange juice, and that's the issue that Rabbi Goldstein is investigating, and it's a major investigation. And people could only approach this from the point of view of knowing that there is an investigation going on, and uh, everybody will deal with that the way that they feel at the present time. And uh, now, now, before we go on to anything else, what about the corn and the cob? Because that's, that's something that everybody's asking me all the time. Rabbi Goldstein, have you been doing some research recently on corn and the cob? Is it as bad yeah. right now as it had been in the past? Yes, corn and the cob is an issue that comes up every summer because people love to eat corn and the cob. Now, 
the major problem we're having with corn on the cob is when we check it. The way how let me explain to the listeners the way how we check corn on the cob. We don't just pick up a corn and take off the peel and look around the corn. We don't do that way. We do it very differently. We take the corn, we cut down all the all the how you say it in English kernels, all the kernels of the corn. We cut, we cut them down into a pot. Then we fill up the pot with water. Let's soak the water at least five, six minutes. We agitate the water. Then we're going to take two strainers and put a schmatter, that's the 60 micro mesh, in the middle. And we release the water from the pot through the strainer. And we pick up the upper strainer and we take out the mesh. We put on the mesh on the light box. This is how we check corn on the cob. How many, corns, how many corns would you throw in there to check? No, we do every single schmata one corn. One corn. And, and what, are you, what were you finding? When was the last time you did some of this work? We actually did it uh, yesterday. Okay. And what, what, can you give me some of the results or, or just a general idea what happened? So, so, so corn the cob grows in a lot of states in the United States. It grows in Canada. It grows in all kinds of places. And I particularly checked the Canadian corn on the cob. And what I found in it was mites, mostly mites. Uh, they crawl between the kernels, these mites. A little thrips, most of them I found mites. Corn on the cob is, unfortunately, it has bugs in it. These, the, uh, again, I, I forgot a little bit what you were saying at first. W- do you wash these off before you put them into this thing to... Uh, uh, so you, you cut it down the kernels into a pot. You don't have you haven't washed the thing at all. You haven't washed the corn at all. No, no. Washing when you have something in between the kernels, inside of the kernels, I don't see how washing would help. Well, I think once I think once we let it soak in water, and after soaking the water, we took it out and we made that test. But let's say once after that test, I mean, if I soaked it in water. And then I, and, and forget about the test for a second. Was, if I was, tried it a second time, time would I get... It was one time, we even cooked corn the cob. We yeah. cooked it. After cooking it, we had tested the water, what we cooked with, and the water was clean. And then we had cut down the kernels, and we found flame. Uh-huh. So for us, in our lab, it's clear cut. The only way you could check corn the cob is by cutting down the kernels. Once you cut down the kernels, there's no point to eat corn on the cob. So it's really very hard and very sad, you know. And a lot of people, they like the way how they eat the corn on the cob and whole barbecue with it. hurts very much. I suggest always for people have any good ideas how to grow kosher corn on the cob and a kosher kosher to make sure, you know, while it's growing, they spray and they do certain things. Maybe we can get it clean. But meanwhile, we're having a major issue I understand one company tried that in Israel, and it didn't. Uh, it didn't work out so well for them. It was successful for one time, and after that time, they didn't. They couldn't. They Unbelievable. Try to do it again. Uh, yeah. So this is a serious issue, and I know a number of the cautious agencies here locally. Um, uh, quite a few of them who were taking this matter seriously, and I don't believe they allowed corn in the cob anymore. Uh, the the other two. Right. Are, that's, it, that, 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 yeah, that's one of the reasons why we training in Mishgisha. They should, from these cultural organizations, like this, they could check it themselves and see it for themselves. You know, this is something I think that, be, uh, that our listeners have to understand, that mas- individual mashkichim have the power to do a good, thorough checking on some kind of regular basis and come up with their own decisions for what they want to use at a given time. Uh, Rabbi Goldstein, you told me recently that with blueberries, which is the next topic I want to discuss, that that some of the mashkichim who really wanted to use blueberries in these uh, baskets, these uh, you know these fruit baskets they were making, and they and that they felt recently they weren't be they weren't successful in getting them clean. Is that correct? Right. So blueberries last summer we had a terrible terrible season with blueberries. We had maggots, we had scales, we had thrips, mites, all kinds of stuff in the blueberries, and we couldn't get them clean at all. So it was banned. In the winter. It was a few weeks. We were able to get some clean strawberries, some blueberries. clean blueberries. blueberries. Yeah. Now, the last two months, again, we're finding a major issue with mites, blueberries. So the way how it works is like this. If somebody does not know in 
not trained how to check blueberries, rather do not eat blueberries. So on our, in our places where we have trained mushgichim, they know how to do checking. In these places, we allow them to buy it, to wash it, and after washing it, let them check it to see what the results is. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the last two months, again, we're finding a major issue with mites. And it's impossible. Even these places, stopping, nobody's using anymore on platters blueberries. Blueberries is out. Wow. Uh, the stores don't even, even want to bother anymore. They tell me so they're wasting time of the mishkir, they're wasting time of the money for buying the blueberries. They just stopped it. I have two more on my list that I really want to take care of now, and then we'll have a, 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 I get a chance to say something about my uh, sponsor, and then afterwards uh, we'll go open up the phones to everybody, and I know they're calling in, I can't answer the calls now, because we must go through all this material. Everybody listening wants this information. I'm going to take you now to the, to, to one that's very important to everybody listening, and that's grapes. And, and they call, and they're confused, and we got to get it clear 100%, Rabbi Goldstein, what is the story with grapes? How can I prepare them for my use? Right, so grapes, we have good news and bad news. The good news is we could wash it. The bad news is that right now we have grapes from Mexico. And we check grapes from Mexico, we find them very, very infested. What we have found also is when you take the grapes, you let it soak, and water, and a pail of water, and you agitate it. And after agitating, at least for three minutes, let it soak, at least three minutes. You agitate it good. You Would you put, you, put a, you put a soap in there? Put some soap, yes, some soap. And you agitate it good, and you leave it onto the... To the you, don't, you don't remove it from the... How you call it in English? Fagel. In English, they call it a branch. You leave it onto the branch. Mm-hmm. And then you... After three, four minutes, you take it out of the water and you rinse it on top of the running water of the sink. And you do this procedure three times. Let it soak, agitate it, underwater. Do this three times. After three times, we find them to come out. So the good news is we can still have grapes. Well, Rabbi, maybe you'll explain to me. I, this is something we discussed on the phone, but I want to understand here. Maybe everybody listening wants the same question. Why can't I do it all at once? Why can't I soak it for 15 minutes and, and then do rinse under the water? What, what, why do I have to do this whole procedure back and forth right. three times? And also that means I'd have to take about 15 minutes or so to just to prepare my grapes. Right. True. Now, the reason why you have to do it three times is because you're going to let it soak in water once. What's going to happen by letting it soak in water, the insects are going to start to become uncomfortable and soap helps them a little bit to remove them of the grapes, but they're still there. Then you have to rinse it under the running water to push them down. And if it's very heavily infested, how much are you going to do it? It's still going to be insects onto the grapes. So you do it a second time. Now, when you do it the second time, almost everything is off. When you do the third time, most likely 99% everything should be removed. Now, would you say that this, when you're, this method you're talking about, first of all, do I never remove them from those... Uh, branches until I eat it? Right. Um, these two reasons why we don't remove them from the branches. The branches itself could also have insects, and it also adds to the problem. Yeah. It's a different issue. If you remove them from the branches, what we found is it goes into the hole in the middle from the grape that we removed right. it from. Right. It's counterproductive. That's why we don't want to do that. That's one reason. The second yeah. reason is it's very unpractical to wash grapes under streaming water when you remove the ready from the branch. Right. Barbevaya and me and other group of research mishkishim are very involved in it, and we came up, we think this is the best way how to do it for right now. Right. Okay, now, now I've I, 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 I got everything here with this. Now let me ask you, we'll go a step further. That means that afterwards, I could take these... By the way, is this... You'll say... Even though Mexico was infested and this and that, you will say across the board, I can go through this procedure and use ra- use grapes. Correct? Yes. Okay. Now I don't need to check uh, a mashmata method after these three times washing properly. Right, because we do the checking in our labs to make sure this is the proper procedure. 
Okay. So average this person, average person does not have a schmatter, does not have a right. light box, and doesn't know how to check. So right. we never ever tell for people to check. Right. the train mishgichim, in the in the like for platters and in these big groceries and supermarkets, we do train them, and they have to report constantly. And if we see a change after three times washing, doesn't help, then we will report it if that happens. Now I can buy raisins. Regular raisins, not, uh, not, I'm sorry, not raisins, I'm sorry, grapes. Regular grapes, not raisins. I can buy grapes, go through this procedure, and then I can put them into the oven and make raisins out of them, right? Correct. You, okay. you, you, you do this procedure, and then you put them to the oven, put them in the oven, you put it on the lowest flame that's possible, because it's going to put it on a high flame. No, I, I, think, I don't know the exact numbers. It's going to blast. The lowest right. numbers, some have 125, or some have uh, 150, Keep it on the lowest and keep it overnight. And these raisins, what you make from fresh grapes, taste so good. Unbelievable. It's amazing how they taste. Yeah, I had them, I had them and they were absolutely unbelievable. So that's my next project. All right, before we go, I really do want to do more stuff, but I have so many people calling in. So let's just take a moment here now. I'll tell anybody, you want to call us, call right now, 718-683-5858. There's plenty of time to get you on. 718-683-5858, or you can text us at 347-927-8398. Again, Rabbi David Goldstein is going to answer your question, 718-683-5858, or myself, Rabbi Wickler. And just before we do that, I'd like to just have a word for my sponsor, which is um, Glotmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M at Glotmart. You get uh, you, you get uh, a good price, service, convenience, and quality. And if you want to save some time, pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance, and you can park. They'll park your car for you. They have valet parking, and you'll have it ready for you when it's time for you to load up with the wonderful items you purchased in the store. And at uh, at Glotmart, the qual- the quality of the meats is A1, with kosher certification from both the Star K. And the Vatakashas of Flatbush with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor at Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. Some of the items they have on sale this week from June 6th to June 10th are as follows. Beigels, cinnamon or chocolate rugelach, $3.69. Pashka sour sticks, $0.69. Cents. Glicks all-purpose flour, $2.39. Unger's gefilte fish, $4.69. How about in the meat department, plate flank and roast, eleven ninety nine a pound. Delmonico strip steak, twelve ninety nine a pound. Veal stew, eight ninety nine a pound. Tremendous bargains you can get at at uh, at Glotmart, and it, it's it, Glotmart is conveniently located at twelve o five Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Kashrus on the air over J-Root. So uh, that's really a, a, a tremendous place to go, and, and uh, you have uh, a lot of good reasons to go there. Anyway, before we go on, I see so many things coming in here in the text, but I want one more thing from Rabbi Goldstein, if you can tell us about dates, and then we're going to take the callers that are coming in. Okay, dates. Dates, you can find out of 100 dates, two insects. That's the average. You find out of 100 dates. The insects and the dates are pretty big and they're pretty clear for the naked eye if you put it across the window while the sun shines onto the window. Or you put it for a live box and you can see it. Some Rabbana will tell you it's Nietzsche and a Nazi. It's two out of 100 or one of 100, and it shouldn't be a problem. But it's what we call a regular mute, and and there's no question that if people do look, these are, I don't know how many times they our listeners find insects. Maybe not very often, but if it would be the dried apricots or the or the dried dates, you're going to find insects. There are plenty of them in the figs. You don't know how to find them. <laughs> My Goldstein has to show you. But the point is in the in the, the dates and in the dried apricots you can find nice-sized insects on a consistent basis. So it may not be a mita matsui, but it's a consistent problem, and I, I, I see it very often. Right. Even, even with his belief, at plenty of times we had folded into a package with dates, and we found a lot of 
a lot of some mistakes into the dates and it was a mosque. It was not Nietzsche and Emotsi, Mita Emotsi, it was a mosque. Wow. But, but most of the time we do find them pretty clean. We tell the people, you know, you should actually, you never know what you're going to get. Just open it up, put it under the sunshine and just check it. And the same with apricots. Apricots are a pretty big insect. You just open the apricot before you eat it and you look on it. You can't miss it. If you don't see it, that means you can eat it. The black dots on apricots are not insects. They're just plain happens from drying or something, these black dots, they're not actually insects. Let's go on to the call. There's a lot of calls coming in, so if you want to get to us, call now, 718-683-5858. Okay, our first caller. Go ahead. You're on Kashmir's on the air. Can we help you? Yes. Uh, I know you're a comment by Usher Zimmerman. Is it, uh, do you know where I can get audio from Mr. We have it. I'm Actually, I don't have it. I don't have it, but I know who has it. And you'll call me at the office, and I'll put you in touch with him mm-hmm. as Shtikol Sadik. And I'll tell you something, those shiurim are gold. And I, I know a number of people mm-hmm. who have gotten them, but I, I don't personally have them, no. But I'll get it for you. So what's your office number? 718-336. Kashas Magazine, 718-336-8544. Just leave a message, and we'll get back to you. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you for calling about that. Rabbi Zim and Zatzal was my rabbi for 30 years. He was uh, huh? a Magid Shir. Just one second, please. A Magid Shir in our yeshiva, Yeshiva Bikas Ruvain, for 19 years, or 18 years, I think it was, 18 years. And my person, my rabbi, for 30 years. And he was a Yeduadik Apoisek in uh, Flatbush, and uh, actually originally East Flatbush, and then in Borough Park. And he passed away, uh, uh, what is it, like uh, the magazine? It must be... 17 years ago, he passed away. Okay, go ahead. You're on your ear. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, if, I, if I feel like a dot in a, in a fruit or a vegetable, is it, can, should I assume that it's a bug and not eat it, or I could eat it? Mm, good question. Good question. He, he said, the young fellow he asked, he says if he sees a dot in a fruit or vegetable, and he cannot recognize what it is, can he eat the fruit or vegetable? So um, uh, the child is what's called nirlanayim, what's called seeing with the naked eye. And from Rabbi Vaya, what he asked from Yashiv and all the big boys came, they passed in 0.2 millimeters, it's called nirlanayim. Right. Scient- the scientists do not accept that. It's the goy, the, the, the Gentiles, they accept they say the naked eye can see 0.1 and even less than that. Because so they say a naked eye can see much, much less than 0.2. Rabbi Yashif and the other place kind of went to them, they have said 0.2 millimeters. This is what their conclusion was. And by the way, Rabbi Wickler, I want to mention again, people think in the United States of America, we don't have a, such a big issue with a lion like an HSRO. The pineapple story... What happened this year, we came up this year and we worried the people about the problem. It's not nothing new. It's already in a Bevaya's book for a long time. The only difference is a Bevaya tells me on Hamashasa this year, told Hamashasa this year he couldn't get a pineapple. On Hamashasa he was able to get an extra of pineapple. And Shuk Mahni Hudo only in one or two places had sold it and they charged 50 shekels for a very, very, for a very small pineapple. And here in the United States, Baruch Hashem, for two, three dollars, you can get plenty of pineapple a whole year round. Right. And that's why, and that's why we worked very hard to revise book, Medikas Hamazon, in English. Very, very professional written, especially written for the United States. It has the rest of the world in it, but it's especially made for the United States of America. Anyway, back to this thing. The boy asked about finding a dot. We're going to answer him as follows. If you see a dot then it's your responsibility to see if, it's, if it is an insect. Now, he hasn't been trained by you or by anybody to spot an insect, and he probably couldn't tell you whether it was an insect or not. But had he been trained, it's possible that he would recognize what was an insect because he would recognize the sides from the sides, whether they were uh, legs protruding or something of that nature. And, and, and really, it's, it's a matter of seeing. It's a matter of perceiving. And it, what most people do is that they take a loop, a uh, loop costs, I, I mean, I sell it uh, also a loop, 
it costs twenty five dollars, twenty dollars. I'm sorry, and it's illuminated, and you could see everything beautifully. I was looking at something with a with one of these mini microscopes. Also, they're unbelievable what you could see today. So now the question is: Do you have to use it? Don't have to use it. So the the halacha is: If you can recognize the dot, you see a dot, but you can't know what that dot is, then you may have to require to look in it with a loop to know what this is. And you're doing that for two purposes. You're doing that, one, to see if this is kosher or not. And that has an effect on whether I'm going to eat the food or whether I'm going to throw it out. So sometimes it's protecting you from not throwing it out, realizing it's only a, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not really an, an insect. Uh, of course, if you can cut it away and put it away, then that's, then that's out of the picture. But if, you, if you're stuck in there and you can't get them out, and then you really do have to decide what it is. And the best way is to have a loop. Right. Some people, they have eyesight, a good eyesight, and some people, they don't have such a good eyesight. Mariah told me a loop power number 10, it's like an eyesight of a person. And that it's not called using actually a loop when you use number 10, because some people have a shrach, they don't have such a good eyesight, so number 10 is almost like their own eye if you look for a number 10 power. More than 10, that can be considered like looking at, more than a regular eyesight. Yeah, but the point is, if I use a 30, you know, it's much easier for me because when you, when you want, you don't want to sit around thinking about it. Uh, when I use a 10, uh, you will see it and it will see it more clearly, but for, but for the purpose of, of just getting on to the next thing, it's smarter to use a large one. What you're saying is, halachically, a 10 is really just a clear view of what you're seeing and not really uh, considered to be a total magnification. Right. Right. Okay. R- correct. And also, I would love to have more shadows about people finding uh, bugs and finding um, particles because I didn't have a long time somebody coming over to me finding a particle without a bug. <laughs> so, I'm excited with people in your, our community, like Flatbush and Barapak, already concerned on particles that there are bugs. It's holding them in, in a hemadrega. R- Rabbi Goldstein, you're looking at the past. The people who are listening to our radio program, to our program today, whether they're probably hearing it on the uh, internet or they're getting it on a telephone, but the people who are listening to this show are not just in Flatbush and Borough Park. The whole world is listening to this right now. I don't think you realize right, that yet. And, right, and, and, and that impact that we have un- is unbelievable. Let's take another caller, please. Go ahead. You're on Kashrus on the air. Can we help you? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yes, back to the corn problem. Go ahead. Uh, canned corn and baby corns in a can. No problem. Correct, Rabbi? Yes. No problem. Okay, thank you. Okay, have a good one. Very interesting. Ba- baby corn is completely clean. I don't Very understand that. I don't really understand that. Doesn't, I, I, I keep saying it, and I, and I live that way, but I don't get it. I mean, why? You know, you know, a, a little, a, a big corn, corn in the cob should be big problems. A little corn in the cob should be little problems. Right, right. You know, sometimes you find them pasta, plain pasta, so many bugs. Yeah. It's a completely sealed bag. And after yeah. Bavaya, how did it happen? How did it get in? The Bavaya tells me always, on Telayim, on insects, there's no shyness. No question. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. A good line. Okay, another caller. You, yeah, can you get us on? Okay. You're on Kashrus on the air. Can I help you? Hello? Yes, go ahead. You're on the air. Yes, uh, first of all, thank you very much for your program. Well, much appreciated. Go ahead. <clears throat> I want to uh, ask a question. There's, uh, it, it says in the Gemurah Hamiris to come to Mayasira. Yeah. And uh, today we see that there's no difference between the non-organic and the organic. Right. And uh, there, there are a lot of independent studies, not studies from that, that are sponsored by chemical companies, but sponsored by independent uh, scientists that show that <coughs> pesticides are very dangerous to the health. Uh, so, and we see no difference between the organic and the non-organic. So what, why can't we just uh, use organic? I, I, don't the, I, I lost what you're saying. If you're using organic, you're not going to have any insects? Of course you're you are going to have, but... You have insects by the non-organic also, so why should we put ourselves into a sakuna? Oh, so you want to suggest? Oh, you want to suggest? Let me answer this one exactly. So you should eat organic, and that's why we're having a radio show today is to learn how to check. Right. But I'm saying it says chamir is a kam to myasira. 
How could we give a hash on things that oh, are a sakuna? Okay. So that's, that's an interesting question, whether, whether it's on the level of sakuna. In other words, when a person smokes, so it says on the package, Surgeon General says you shouldn't smoke, it's dangerous for your health. But the, the, thing, que- the, question the thing is, is that we know that the, lobby, the, the, the big chemical companies, and they all lobby the government, so we can't trust the, that the, what they say. If you look at independent studies, I did a lot of research. And uh, the independent studies, people that have no negias, people that don't have money interest, uh, uh, the scientists, they have uh, hundreds and hundreds of studies that show how dangerous the, the pesticides are. Well, this and is something that... they're putting more and more pesticides in the food. This is and that's why there's so much cancer and other diseases. Okay, I would suggest... I want to know why the Rabunim don't do research okay. about that and find out. Okay, let's take this question and, yeah. and, and put it in perspective. First of all, I welcome you to call me at the office, 718 Three three six eight five four four, and uh, we can f- continue further. You can give me some of the information and the studies. Again, the number seven one eight three three six eight five four four. You can call now and leave a message there, and I'll get back to you. Uh, but the uh, but the question is: Should we look at uh, what is coming out and daily? We're reading things that this is dangerous and this is healthy. Now, should the Rabbonim take all this into account? That's, that's the question. No, and but I, I'll ask you another question. If, if, there, if let's say, uh, uh, any, any, uh, um, uh, any store, any uh, establishment that, that produces food would come out with their own studies and they would, they would tell you, Listen, we did our own studies, and we know that that's kosher. Everything is kosher. Would you would you uh, uh, believe them? You would say they have right. negias, no? If that, if somebody has negias, you can't trust the, uh, you can't trust them. Uh, right, but, the, even, but if, even if they're hundred percent honest, but uh, uh, that's what it says. Uh, so how could you believe the studies that they did these? companies are doing on themselves. There's no, there's no independent. Okay. The government doesn't do their independent studies to find out if it's really toxic. And, and even if yes, they, they still they, they, they have a lot of lobbyists, and the lobbyists uh, lobby very hard uh, the politicians, and, and that's why uh, the, the, the government can't uh, okay. come out. Uh, we thank you very much for this idea. Well, I think I'm and saying let the Rabunim do their, just like they do the, the old research about Kashiris, let them do this. The, the truth, the truth is, is, is come to my correct, If correct. they find that, that 100, they spoke to, to independent scientists and they all say that there's no problem, okay. uh, then uh, I, 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 I accept that point, and, but I'd like you to call me and we can okay. discuss it further. I just want to sum up here because we are really finished for the day. Yes. Uh, that I want to sum up that, yes, there is a Definitely, it's the responsibility of Hashkacha organizations to address the question of Sakana. The question is, what level of Sakana are we talking about? Because well, if any, but one second, we just want to, just one sec, just one second. Because if a person will eat some of the foods that we have under Hashkacha now, and he'll eat uh, a nice number of them, it's... He gets overweight. He gets sick from this. There's a lot of things that we have to uh, look at. They have to look into. But uh, the question is a good question, and Belin Nether, I will take it further with you. Thank you very much for the call, Rabbi Goldstein. We only have another few seconds, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just m- mention my offer to the people, and if we have a few seconds, we'll end off. Um, anybody who is interested, Cautious Magazine just came out with the Kosher Travel Guide to 283 different cities across the United States, where to eat, what to eat, where to stay, what to see, where to daven, what shiurim are, the zmanim of the tefillah. We have uh, unbelievable information in there all across the country. It's 136 pages. You can have it absolutely free. And when you sign up for the Kashrus magazine for one year for $25, and you'll get this free if you decide you don't want to continue the subscription, if any time up until September, then you can just drop out and the, the book is absolutely free to you. So call us, 718-336-8544. 
to sign up, 718-336-8544, or, or contact us at Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com, and uh, we'll get set that subscription for you right away. And the magazine is coming out in a few days, and you'll have it in about a week. Uh, we have no more time. Rabbi Goldstein, fantastic. Thank you very much for coming, and we look forward Rabbi, to you. Rabbi Wickler, yes, Wickler, it was an honor and pleasure to have me on the, uh, to host me on the show. I, I really appreciate you brought me on to the show to express for the whole quality show for the hundreds of people who listen to the people who listen to your show, and uh, about this person that he came up with this uh, question about the pesticides. I know a lot of people, they only eat peeled food yeah. for that reason. They, they should keep on eating peeled food for that. Okay. And also, you should have all your listeners have a tzloch and broch and fiat for the shmaya and the brainstorms and the heat and cable Thank you very much. Thank have you a very good, much. Uh, very good. We wish all our listeners a wonderful week. Thank you.